With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to United Hour your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host Nick and this week there's just me here. Uh, As I'm sure you all know there's a new Covid wave sweeping around the world and unfortunately our fixtures against Brentford and Brighton have been postponed. This coupled with Christmas party season, trying to finish work projects before Christmas etc means we haven't put out a podcast this week. As it stands, our next match will not be again until the 27th of December versus Newcastle. Although I am hearing it's possible we'll get a hastily rearranged fixture in between. But that all depends on COVID rates and numbers and things like that, which are changing literally on a daily basis at the moment. But to plug the gap and keep you listeners entertained, we've decided to re-release some old material that had previously been put out exclusively for our loyal Patreon listeners. This particular segment goes back to February when Jesse Lingard had just gone to West Ham and was rebooting a career that was rapidly going nowhere. As we know, he had an outstanding run at West Ham and many expected him to go there permanently in the summer. But Ole actually asked him to stay and told him he was going to get some game time. Yet again, his opportunities to play had been limited this season and he's really not seen him that much. Even though the few times he has been on the pitch, I actually thought he was pretty good and deserved to play a bit more. But in a couple of weeks time, the Windsor transfer window opens. Jesse will be allowed to start discussing options with other clubs. And it could well be that we've already seen him play his last game for Manchester United. Um, I mean, I don't know whether a fresh start with Ralph Ranić will appeal to him, but I'm sure he will start looking at his other options. And I wouldn't begrudge him leaving, really, since really, you know, he's shown enough at West Ham and all to say that he should be a player who's getting regular game time. Anyway, as I said, this was recorded a few months ago, but nearly all of it is still very relevant. And I hope it keeps you entertained while we wait for the lads to get back in action and return to normal podcast action. Just before we kick in with the extra segment, just want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped. Manscaped, 
best-selling products is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their lawnmower body trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your back sack and crack, and the weed whacker for your ears and nose hair. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Toner to maximise your below-the-belt hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxes and Shed Travel Bag. Dads can't stop talking about this, the teens secretly buy this and the woman in your life will love you for it. So head over to manscaped.com and use the code UNITEDHOUR to get 20% off perfect thing for any last minute Christmas gifts you need out there so yeah now that that's out the way without further ado take it away Imran and Colm hello welcome to United Hour podcast extra special with me Imran and Colm yeah we're doing this for our Patreons thank you you loyal listeners for you to reward you for backing us we've got a special treat today we're going to talk about Jesse Lingard (laughs) If that hasn't got your uh, bang for your buck, I don't know what will. Uh, yes, Jesse Lingard, he has um, gone on loan to West Ham, so he thought it would be a good time to talk about his United career and um, what his future holds and really talk about a probably unfairly maligned player who's played for us in recent years. Um, Colm, when I say Jesse Lingard to you, what what's the, what immediately comes to mind? That's a good question. Um, silly dancing, probably, <laughs> to be honest. Um but also, I, I kind of pull him with um, Rashford and, and see him very much as just a local boy who came up through the academy. And therefore, I, I have very few things but positive thoughts about him, even though it has been a bit of a uh, a trial over the last few years. You know, I, I think it was just him and Rashford coming to my head. Mm, it's weird that like Lingard's actually a lot older than Rashford. Yeah. And obviously, there's always the joke that, oh, Lingard is still the, a young, the young player. player yeah. Yeah, which uh, I'm a bit tired of that joke now. We get it; it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of and plus they are obviously really There's good mates. Best mates. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so probably why they go together. But I think Lingard in general is a very well liked individual in squads. Um, I mean, you can see at West Ham like they all seem to love him there, and he's been there like a week. Also, when he goes away with England, he seems to be quite a dominant character in the dressing room. You know, he really is the life and the soul of I think any dressing room he's in, which is a positive thing in and of itself. Sometimes, you know. And whenever I watch those, like you know, the soccer and teammates or whatever, um, and they always say like, "Who's the who's the biggest laugh? Who's the biggest dancer?" So Lingard's name always gets mentioned, whether it's England or United. So yeah, he's clearly a popular guy. I just, I mean, I guess unfairly criticised a lot. Not, maybe not unfairly, but criticised a lot because of, I mean, the kind of player that he is, and he has like, he's got this flashy lifestyle, I guess, but he doesn't really back it up with flashy player you could say do you think it's do you think it's fair that he gets no i don't think it's fair i think people trying to draw comparisons between your personality and your footballing ability is is probably just a step too far you know there is this common thing where there's players who you, you think have uh felt like they've made it too soon or whatever else but like jesse lingard did make it there's there's no doubting that um he's gone from being largely written off to um having however many appearances for united and won trophies at, at united a club many thought he would never ever get a, a senior start for so he is justified in uh, feeling himself a little bit and beyond that i think it's just some people just don't like that kind of vibe and energy and i do get that if you just say look 
I don't like him. That's fine. You know, I don't like the way he gets on. I don't like the way he dances. Mm. I don't like the way he talks. Don't like the kind of laughy, jokey manner of him. And then that's okay. You know, people like different things, particularly in their in their sports stars. People like different things. Um, and that's grand. But I think drawing a comparison between that and how he plays is is where it comes a little bit silly because the two have really nothing to do with each other. Yeah, I think he's very much like the the modern social media kind of football in that you know he's he's got his his dance crazes, he's on his socials, he's got his own brand, and very much the modern footballer in that sense, which a lot of people will turn in their nose. But I can't, I can't imagine he's Roy Keane's favorite footballer, for instance. <laughs> I remember on his Instagram a few months ago, he was doing like a paid sponsorship for pistachios. Just, yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. What, like, pistachios in just the, the the nut or a brand must, of the... must have been a brand of of like <laughs> you know already shelled pistachios or something. I'm not sure, but I just find it so hilarious because you know this man earns a hundred thousand pound per week, four hundred k per month, whatever that is per year. Imran, if you can do the quick maths on that for me, but it does need to be taken at whatever ten k paid sponsorship. But you know, equally. Footballers have to be entrepreneurial these days. They really do, particularly um, if they have uncertainties about how long their career is going to last at that kind of high ebb, what they're going to do afterwards. If there isn't a commentary place or a management job for them, then it can be difficult. And if they aren't wisely investing, you know, I'm sure most of them do, all right? Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a, as big a problem it was maybe in the 90s going into early 2000s where they weren't necessarily paid as much. Yeah. I think they're much more worldly wise these days and, and paid a lot more to make it pretty much impossible to mess up. Um, however, Again, it's his life, his money, and his business. He's allowed to have a clothing brand. It doesn't mean he needs to smash in 40 goals a season to justify that. Like, it's just ridiculous, I think. Mm. And also, you know, we all know how much I love Jack Grealish. Don't get me wrong. And this is not a step down from that. I think he's absolutely brilliant. But we've all seen the way he and other players like that have been in the media recently. Even, you know, Mason and Foden and things like that. Lingard really, to my mind anyway not a whole lot of controversy there for the level of hate that he gets just for kind of doing business things or funny social media things when you have other people you know having duis and other things like that and everyone loves them you know so it's just it just shows how how so much we're colored by how someone performs on the pitch in terms of how we think about them as a person and whilst i really understand that and i fall victim to it as well in the jack Grealish sense you know i would probably let him away with everything up to murder but it's not really correct, to be honest. It's a it's a silly way to view things. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because like you've got Jack Grealish doing what running into driving into lampposts or yeah. um, Kyle Walker sex parties, and then yeah. well, Lingard's biggest thing was he had sex with a pillow or something, or humped to bread or something like, and that got so much shit. And you think, well, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's, yeah. what is that? Um, we should probably talk about his time at United. He's been, um, I mean, really seven six full seasons with us his first season was really 2015 2016 under van Hal. um we all thought he might actually be a wing back and that, that never really happened he became more of a winger uh that season got four goals six goals in all competition just became like a steady member of the squad and then he, he kind of came up with this um this knack of scoring in big games uh, Wembley yeah, well, Wembley was the big one that I wanted to come up with. I mean, it's probably his biggest moment for United was that goal against uh, Palace uh, in extra time when we're down to 10 men. And it's a really good goal, actually. Yeah. Incredible volley. I remember going wild for that one because I just, I definitely thought we'd lose that game once we went down to 10 men. Um, but that, that, I mean, that is, I mean, he had, didn't he have that thing where he scored at Wembley all the time? I think it was like three times in one season or something, something crazy. I don't even know if that's possible, but it was, it was seemed like just his favourite haunt for a while. And he, you know, 
in some ways he was kind of a big game player and a scorer of great goals rather than a scorer of many goals, you know? I remember he had that double against Arsenal as well. Um, was it the game where three, I want to say 3-1 we won, I think? Um, we got double at the Emirates and that was a really good one as well. Um, but yeah, he just a, a, a player not, not, not really con- consistent in his goal scoring. I think he never got double. I think he got double figures once in 2017-2018. He got 13 goals in 48 games, which is not a bad return, really. No, pretty good. That was his kind of big breakout season that never really got followed up on, shamefully. Yeah, that was just before the World Cup as well. I mean, you know what we really need here? We need Ashwin to tell us exactly which goal was scored against who. <laughs> he does have that kind of memory. His, his photographic memory. Of I, I'm not that guy. I'm around, sorry, so uh, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. Um, but yeah, that season before the World Cup. And then he arguably justifiably started for England that World Cup alongside Deli Ali, who, inter- interestingly enough, that isn't it? That Deli Ali and him well, kind of went down after that. Big time. And also, what I think is quite interesting is that we're now seeing, and this is probably jumping ahead of you, but his resurgence at the moment, I think, is in no small part due to a major tournament happening. And, you know, Southgate does definitely seem to be a fan of his. And I think we'll be more than willing to include him if he shows even a fraction, really, um, mm. of being back to um, top form. So. I think that's a big part of his current um, West Ham form as well. Yeah, I mean, that World Cup with England, uh, fantastic for him, really. Uh, Scored that brilliant goal against uh, Panama. Lingard latches onto it after Cooper can't keep hold of it. Jesse Lingard, 3-0! Super strike from Lingard! Played every game, I think, apart from the... The dead rubber, in some form, yeah, yeah um, in some form, and in a kind of like attacking midfield role, which he actually didn't play for us, which was weird as well. Like he was very much the number like in midfield alongside um, Deli Alley, and that kind of it was a I guess it was a three five uh, three five two for England then. So he was like one of the attacking midfielders behind Kane and Sterling, but he, he, he it's probably his peak of his career, you would say. Mm. Um, not bad, not a bad peak getting to no. the final with England. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, after that, it's just kind of, he's he's really struggled to find form with the club, um, culminating in what, last season, I think he played, he played, I, I'm surprised by this, he played 40 games last season. I bet you couldn't tell me one of those games that he actually played. Not to any good effect. And I would like to see that number after Bruno Fernandes arrived, um, because there was yeah. a lot of him and Pereira kind of having a competition to see who could be the worst 10 in Manchester United history for the early part of that season. Um, and both of them then taking turns playing off the right as well. And it was just always pretty bad um, from my memory anyway. He's very much a confidence player, I see. Like, like you can tell now he's playing with Stan. He's full of confidence, um, loving his football a bit more. And it shows he's, he's very much like that confidence player. You, he's got it with it when, he, when he's feeling it. That's when he's played. But then when he gets in a rut, it's kind of difficult for him to come out of. And I guess the one good thing he'd go back to is he's running off the ball and his hard work. Like he'll never lose that. At least I mean, one we'd be talking about Marshall a lot on the pod. At least one thing you'd wish that when he's out of form, you'd wish he'd just run a lot. Yeah. Whereas at least with Lingard, he would run a lot. Maybe it's not great effect, but I've actually always thought that Lingard's bottom level is pretty high. It's just that that kind of you kind of get that more often than not. Um, I do think he's kind of a sum of the parts player and that he he plays off players very well. And if you aren't kind of playing in a way that suits him, I think. He really suffers. I actually see a big parallel between him and um, Donny van der Beek at the moment hmm. um, in, in, in why they don't really fit our system, despite being pretty decent players. Now, I think van der Beek, I think, is a kind of a level above him, kind of technically. Um, but like Lingard has always been super kind of effective technically. The thing that always upset me is that he does have more ability sometimes than he shows. And I think that's because he's so, in, yeah, that- you know, he's so kind of intent on playing these little one-twos and if they're not available for him he'll kind of just go into a shell and everything comes a bit sideways and negative whereas 
you do see on occasions where he can burst past four, five, six players, arrive into the box, and he's always had a decent sort of striker's instinct, as you're saying for West Ham. And I just think at United that kind of got knocked out of him a bit, as you say, with his confidence. And just I think it just goes to show as well how playing at top clubs is so different to playing at even very, very good clubs in that mm. next bracket below. And I think we see that all the time with like players at Leicester or your West Ham's or your Aston Villas. I mean, we've often seen a lot of players um, come to United and just not quite hit the heights. There's, you know, the like a Sean Wright Phillips at City. You know, there's so many examples of these wonderful looking players that were essentially big fish in small ponds. And really is, I think, a test of mentality to make that step. Um, like Bruno has, where you just no one would have expected him to repeat the form that he's um, delivered um, from the Portuguese league into the into the um, the Premier League. It's just unfathomable. But that's really a that's like a personal decision, and it's about your kind of mentality, I think, more than your actual ability. And it seems like Jesse might just be that kind of player. And I don't think it's a great great criticism either. You know? Yeah, I think you are right. I mean, technically, like Lingard has moments where he thinks he's like that's that's a unparalleled technical quality there like I mean that volley against Crystal Palace is such a technically such a good volley also I, the, the thing that always struck me was his, his kind of close control his feet and his short range passing is, is so slick so slick I yeah. think I think longer range and and things like that he kind of loses out but he, I think he is a super technical kind of passer and dribbler in, in the short term yeah I agree and it's like we scored that goal against Watford I think it was uh, when we won 4-2 where he basically carried the, the ball the entire pitch mm. um, with supreme confidence and yeah when he's on form he can dribble he can take it past people um i think it's just when he lost that i don't know that confidence and a lot of it went apparently was linked to personal issues which i don't really want to get too much into because yeah. i don't want to speculate about anything that's i've gone in his personal life but it might have had something to do with it but i think for me like lingard is a a, a supreme type of squad player like yeah. archetypal squad player. Like under Fergie, you can imagine him taking on that absolutely um, that role of a squad player who will come in, do a job. Fergie will sit him down and say, three three weeks' time, I've got yeah. a job for you in this game. That's the kind of player you could have seen Lingard being under him. Fergie probably would have instilled that like level of confidence in him that made him feel like a million bucks. Like he could always play at that kind of level. And that would be good because we've, we've seen... I mean, I always used to get a bit like... think it'd be ridiculous people say, oh, he's a championship player, especially in the last year or two. That's ridiculous. He's never yeah. a champion. No, it's ludicrous. He's never years. been a yeah. championship player. He scored four goals in his championship debut at like yeah. when he was like 21 or something. Like it's, He's just not a championship player in any way, shape or form. And that is ridiculous. I do think he, like a lot of players, has perhaps suffered from... And this is down to him in part, but also just a greater structural issue. His kind of time at United, you know, playing under four, five different managers, um, not ideal right. with with the system changing like every ten minutes. You know, I just think yeah. that's that's difficult as well. United very much in transition and searching for kind of big personalities and someone to put their stamp on the team. And hopefully now we're kind of coming out of that wilderness. But hmm. I think for a lot of players to play within that, I I would extend that to Rashford, Martial, a lot of the players that came and went um as failures essentially. But I just think that's that's been a tricky time for a lot of players. So, you know, as you say, if it had been under Fergie with that kind of continuity and that kind of unbelievable management, I think he would just be a. I still think he can be a good squad player for United, but I just think he that would have been without doubt, basically. You know, and he and he would have been used so well. Yeah, I mean, we're not sitting here saying Jesse Lingard is the savior of football or the greatest yeah. footballer ever, but like a, a good level of squad player is what you would get from Jesse on on form. Jesse Lingard. Yeah, but the other thing about that is squad players have to be at a certain level. You don't want, you yeah, don't really oh, yeah. want a squad player who's the John O'Shea level. Yeah, exactly. They kind of have to know their place. It sounds sort of weird, but you kind of want someone who is capable of that, but also knows 
that they're not a starter for every game or they're not going to produce that magic that your your Rashfords or your you know Abrahamovic's or whoever it is are. So those players are vital, like for good championship winning squads like i think at united we've seen that time and time again so i do find it very surprising when people say you know oh he's not even he's not even at that level like about the likes of you know whether it's jesse or mctominay or players like that i think you need players like that you know we've had so many of them over here that have been so vital to any success that we've had that it, it always sort of surprises me yeah i mean our problem has always been having the top quality players to come exactly that players, is the bigger so problem yeah we're relying on these players to be the top quality players when we actually need we need the top quality players like bruno uh, yeah. that we're getting in now to be um the ones to drag us and then the, the people around him to like support him, I guess. But I guess we should probably finish it off by saying what Lingard's future has. Can, do you see him coming back to us and taking part in squad next year? I thought it was cut and dry that he definitely was done. No, but. I really don't. I don't think that at all. Firstly, in that we didn't, we didn't put an option to buy. Now, I, I don't know why we would do that other than we want him back because I can't imagine we thought there'd be anyone willing to pay us more than kind of West Ham at that point and why we wouldn't include an option to buy, you know, it's only an option at the end of the day. So that to me says there is probably a more long-term idea for him. And also Ole was quoted as saying, you know, we're delighted he's doing well. He's gone out there to get his confidence back so he can come back to us as a valuable kind of member of the squad, um, which I thought was absolutely the correct thing to say. It might not make a lot of people very happy that that's what, how United view it, but I, th- I think that's kind of fair enough. I, I, I wouldn't be just, I'd be waiting to see basically, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm agree with that. Like, um, I mean, obviously he's doing really well at West Ham if it continues. And there's absolutely, if he's doing well at a West Ham team who are, what, sitting fourth in the league, there's yeah. no reason why he can't be a, a valuable member of our squad still. And like we said, he is like he might not be everyone's cup of tea, but ultimately, we don't play for Man United. No. He, we don't, we don't yeah. need to be liked by them. He does, e- equally, he's very well liked. Equally, I think it's what's best for Jesse Lingard. You know, is the, for, for from his standpoint, if he is confident, he thinks he can be that very good squad player kind of always getting on most games at the 60th minute and kind of starting those smaller games or when we have injury issues you know if he's content with that role and can play with confidence in that role then I think that's that's a brilliant option if he wants to play week in week out as he might do for West Ham then that's maybe just a better place for him to be or some other premiership team you know I know there was offers from like West Brom and Newcastle and Sheffield United and he didn't obviously want to play at that level which I don't blame him for you know I think some people were kind of getting on him for holding out in January there um for West Ham obviously taking um, Barahina I think on full time to allow that to happen but I do see his level is definitely you know top half so I do think he's correct in that sense but I do also think there's a world where him starting weekend work out at a a more mid-table club is more valuable than him coming back to United for him personally but yeah you know that's that's for him to say like I mean it's the Phil it's the Phil Neville and the keep up move isn't it what Phil Neville went to Everton well, funny enough, Moyes has taken a fair few of our players, like obviously Lingard, <laughs> but he had Tim Hard off us, he had Phil Nev, yeah, at, at a, and they're all like crossroads players, you know, they reach that point in their career where they're like, I'm really not good enough for United here anymore, um, Darren Gibson, Luis Aha, you know, that's been a, a good uh, a good well for our Davy Moyes. Yeah, like he's 28 now, so it's, I yeah. guess it's time for him to decide whether what he wants to do, and he, like I said, if he wants to to play for West Ham if we do make a deal and sell him or whatever I don't know how much that probably between 10 and 15, 20 million you'd have thought uh, yeah um, I would think 20 or 30 but given it's United probably less I don't know what his contract yeah. situation is right enough but um, and he's on, he's on 100 grand a week I mean uh, for, for United to me that seems like bargain money but for every other Premier Club possibly not mm. so it'd be interesting I think for him maybe the, the lure of playing and not only just playing week but being like a star in that team almost yeah, like being one of the main players in that team might be a might be a draw to him. I think there's no doubt that he'll be feeling 
very positive about that move now like I'm sure it was tough to leave United even on loan um, even though I think he had come to a place mentally where he, he absolutely had to but even I was reading today like you know he, he's living down in London now as well so it's a whole change of scenery as well and I just think that's obviously been a hugely positive thing but you can see him with like Declan Rice and Mikel Antonio and he seems to be having a great time obviously if that lasts out throughout the, se- throughout the rest of the season I think he'd very find it very hard not to to want to stay there. Yeah. So I think we'll, we'll just let, uh, finish off with this uh, quick question for you, Colin. How many goals do you think Dittle and Gad scored for Man United? <laughs> That's Out, a good 200, question. Two, 210 appearances. 210? Yeah. I'm going to say 39. Oh, that's close, you know. 33. Not Ooh, bad. Not bad yeah. guess that, Colin. Yeah. Uh, you need to bring that to one of my games. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that'll do it for this uh, pod, uh, Patreon extra. Um, good luck, Jesse. If you're listening. Good luck, Jesse. I'm sure you all... I think that is being one good thing, actually. The majority of United fans I've seen have just been wishing him well. And also, I think you have to be pleased to see him do well as well. Yeah, um, until, think... until until West Ham, you know, take us over in the league, basically. <laughs> At that point, we'll turn viciously. Yeah. But um, for but now, I think... I think it's class. Yeah, I think you can see, like, when, when he's playing for your club, I think a lot of you, like, it can get coloured a bit with, like, the frustration. And yeah. I think deep down, a lot of United fans just wish him well, really, and just... One of the best for him because he's a United lad and hundred percent. Well, I'd be disappointed if that wasn't the case. I do understand there's probably a lot of United fans who listen to this and go, "Are these too high?" You know, Lingard's <laughs> been awful for the last year plus for us. He was never good. Enough I don't think we deny that. that. Is, we're not yeah, denying that. Exactly. So uh, even if it was someone's opinion that um, you know they would never want to see him back at the club, I don't necessarily think that's incorrect or wrong. And possibly we are just more favorably inclined towards him. But I would I would be disappointed if people weren't just wishing him well because you know. He is a local lad. He came up through the system. He, he had a tough time of it, but I think always gave as much as he could. And he's doing well, so I don't see why anyone would begrudge him that, you know? Exactly. And on that note, um, yeah, we'll catch us next time on a Patreon Extra. Who knows what we'll be talking about? Maybe we'll talk about Andres Pereira. We will. <laughs> nah, he's not getting one. <laughs> cheers, Colm. All righty, cheerio. Here's Valencia. The ten men are striving for a breakthrough here. They've got it! Jesse Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.